0: Hey there and welcome back to A Conversation for One Podcast, the show where I ramble on and discuss a wide variety of topics ranging from horror and sci-fi multimedia, film universes, theme parks, TV, Canadiana, and so much more. Uh, I want to give a big hello to my five faithfuls. Um, Today we're going to be discussing quite the topic. Um, I'm sure you all know what it is because uh, you're all very smart people and I trust you've read the title. But just in case, the topic for today is on love, death, and robots, which is just such just such an amazing show. But before we get into it, I have just a little housekeeping I wanted to attend to. First, I deeply apologize for my lack of posts, and more importantly, my overall my lack of episodes lately. Um, my posts were the issue of Facebook thinking I was an imposter uh, after vacationing in Cuba, scary uh, communist Cuba and uh, when they didn't help me out, I actually just had to figure it out on my own, which was a lot of trial and error, and it took a bit of time because of all the troubleshooting, Um, but that's all taken care of now, which if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I've, I cracked it, I figured it out, Um, and it was actually just, it was just a mess, it was like my personal account was like connected to my business account, so I have two Facebook accounts and two Uh, instagram accounts and they were all crisscrossed and all of my data was on one account and all of my banking info was on another and it was just it was just a nightmare so i couldn't post anything and i couldn't promote anything and that's basically the issue but as i said it's taken care of um the rest of my excuse for the lack of episodes and my overall lack of posts as well kind of um just simply stems from the fact that i'm working seven days a week now um easy 60 hours um give or take and a few of those days and later in the evening so like when i'm getting home at like six o'clock i don't really feel like just getting right back into work mode for a while i was doing it when i was only working like five days a week four days a week no problem but doing seven days a week just it's uh i'm getting pretty pooched and my creativity spark is just it's not real it's not a thing um so if i'm not feeling it then I don't want to record and put you all through it. And just like listening to me, like, blah, 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 blah. cause then like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not fair to you. There's enough poopy episodes on my track list. Um, and I don't think you guys want to hear me hap asleep mumbling. I mean, if you do like, let me know, because then I will, I'll just like start mumbling and like repeating myself on the regular and, uh, it won't be coherent, but if that's what you, you want, I mean, whatever it takes kind of thing. Right. So just let me know. Um, and also, too, to add to that, if I ever do find, like, a sliver of time, it ultimately just goes to the girlfriend. Uh, I made that choice to put her first over this podcast, so I hope you understand. Um, yeah, uh, if this was, like, a lucrative business where I was just, like, raking in a 1,000 every time I was doing a podcast, the girlfriend probably would take a back seat. And if you're listening, it's true. I'm sorry. I mean, it is what it is. Um With that, though, I took the day off just to record as much as I can record. Um, I was writing them out and recording them. Uh, I mean, I had other things to do as well, but I mean, I allotted a good amount of time to get these done today. Uh, So hopefully that'll spread it out a little bit more and we won't be waiting like three weeks every time for an episode. So, as I said, the topic today is the superb standout show, Love, Death, and Robots. Uh, I will say, however, that this time I will be discussing these episodes not quite at length, like not like every detail like I'm not reviewing every episode, but i will I will definitely be getting into them. um so let this be your giant warning, uh your spoiler warning uh that I will be potentially ruining the show for you if you continue any further, okay like at, at all this isn't like the last episodes where I'm like beating around the bush like. <laughs> maybe go watch this, like definitely go watch this show. But like this episode is like more for people who've watched the show. So I'm going to be like going into it. So just pause this episode for a bit. Go binge the series. It's it's not long. Uh, really, the episodes are between five to 20 minutes each. It's it's honestly one of the best parts about it. So go ahead. I'll wait, pause it here. Okay, so now that they're gone, let's get into it. Uh, also hey welcome back thanks for coming back to listen Uh, it's good to have you next time be prepared for the episode okay here we go So, just a little rundown of what the show is: Love, Death, and Robots (LDAR). And you know what? I'll just call it LDR. We'll do LDR from now on. It is an American-produced adult, like super adult, animated anthology series. Uh, with the exception of of one episode that is essentially, yeah, I guess like there's a little bit in there, but it's essentially the only live-action episode. The this 18-episode series debuted on Netflix. Yes, this is a Netflix exclusive on March 15th, 2019. So it's still very new, uh, and it totally won't be weird if you just want to jump into it now or if you still haven't finished it yet. It's still very, very new. Um, It was produced by Tim Miller of Deadpool fame. He was the director of Deadpool, who actually started out as a special effects guy, if I remember that correctly. And also it's produced by the David Fincher uh, of You Name It fame. I mean, like this guy's worked on, uh, his works include Fight Club seven zodiac gone girl benjamin button social network i mean this guy makes outstanding memorable stuff you've definitely seen one of his movies and you definitely remember all of his movies if you've seen them okay so uh the drawing feature for this program for me at least is that every episode is animated or crafted in a very unique style and each episode is entirely different than any others in it um so like they all have like this like different style this different standout um um i guess just like um feeling like vibe to them and um sure like there are episodes that use like a similar style um but no one episode is exactly the same and like you can really tell just by watching that there are key differences just in animation so like if studio a like did one and then like four episodes later studio a did another one you might be able to tell like they're done by the same people but they look different there's like distinct differences that make them different and that already is just like it's amazing uh so each episode is actually created by uh different crews from a range of different companies um and like i was saying like if a company did more than like one entry which is the case for a few i think there's like i didn't look at every single episode but the ones that i was like going to talk about and like scrolling through i think there's like four four companies that do more than two episodes um but they're all by different teams with different vibes and aesthetic, like like I was saying, which is so cool and captivating. Like It's honestly, for me, the real selling point, like the real reason to come to this show. Oh, yeah. And as the title suggests, each episode has to have a theme that ties into or connects to love, death, and robots, which, I mean, there's 18 episodes. I would say, like, maybe eight to nine of those episodes like half don't have either one or two of those things in them they might just be just robots or just death but like not if it's death there won't be love and robots but that's the ultimate goal of the show and um and like speaking of like anthologies for those of you who don't know me like on a personal level because i'm i'm not sure if i've ever mentioned it or not over the course of these like last 18 episodes i've done but knowing myself, I feel like one hundred percent. I totally did mention this. I love me some anthologies, like love them, love them, love them. Horror and sci fi anthologies are like my jam. They are very much my jam. Now I know that you may think like I am going to be biased um, with my love and adoration for this specific show, um, but I know when something's a dead, like I do. And even if I might uh, even if I admire it for its efforts, like I love the X Files, I love Twilight Zone, Outer Limits, uh, horror anthologies. Um, like, even the movies, too, of, like, Tales from the Crypt or Creepshow. Um, like, I could go on and on. Like, that's already an episode of its own. i got to write that down, actually. i do some anthologies. Um, but within all of those things, there are, like, God-tier level episodes. Like, ones that are, like, was that not a movie because, like, it was so good? And then, and like, and segments, too. And then there's loads of forgettable duds. Like, tons and tons of them. Like, ask me, like, right now. Like, okay, so have you guys, like, seen, like, Creepshow, too? so you know like in creep show 2 there's like the one with the native the one with the sludge those are the only ones i remember i think there might be one more but do you know what i mean that's a dud i'm not going to say like creep show 2 is amazing i'm going to say this one segment in creep show 2 was memorable for me or was good and everything else was kind of poop like i think that's the most pg way to say it like it's not good like i i'll be the first to admit it um uh, that being said, LDR, as I'll be calling it, and as now, as I said, LDR, not Love Death Robots. Um, just it takes a lot longer, and I'm I'm so sure I'm gonna stumble over it all the time. Um, so LDR, uh, um, as I'll be calling it now, has at least one straight up dud. Just like I'm not gonna say what, like that's up to you. For me though, like one straight up dud, where I was like, really, like this is like this is shit. This is bad. And then like two or three episodes, I felt that were. Like, while they're, like, charming to a degree, they're, they're dead. It's, like, they're very unmemorable. You're not going to, like, if you rewatch the series, you're not going to, like, be upset if you, like, skip past them. And, like, um, for my older and more cultured, my more cultured listeners uh, who rebelled against my spoiler warning, because I know a lot of you must have um, and are still here without uh, watching the show, um, like, LDR really, really reminded me a lot of, like, this little gem, uh, this little gem of a Canadian film called, uh, you might've heard of it, called Heavy Metal uh, from 1981. Now, the show isn't quite as laden with like hair metal fit for the gods as like this film was. Um, the idea of very differing stories and themes both within science fiction and fantasy created by multiple different animation houses for each segment definitely was just like, to me was like, this is this feels like heavy metal, like hardcore. Uh, so you've, if you haven't seen heavy metal and you loved LDR, I suggest that you go check that out. It's very easy to find. Actually, you know what? It might not be as easy as I remember. It. Um, like I found, uh, heavy metal in a bin at Best Buy for like $5 and I was like, oh my God. And I picked it up right away. It might've even been $7 and I've never seen it since. So I don't know, like you can probably buy it on iTunes or Amazon or maybe through other means that I'm not going to recommend. Um. But yeah, and I suggest, like, the other way around, too, like, if you really liked LDR and you're just like, I kind of want more, because, like, as far as I know, there isn't a second season announced. I would have to assume there is going to be one, but with how long it takes for animation, I don't think it's going to be, like, wrapping at the door, like, anytime soon. It might be, like, another year or two years. Um, But yeah, I can't recommend heavy metal enough. uh, And I can't recommend LDR enough if you liked heavy metal. Both things kind of go hand in hand, I feel. Besides, um, the title track with Sammy Hagar, like heavy metal will be like in your skull for like the, the rest of the day, once you hear it, like hardcore, like just doing like a little like research for this, like when did heavy metal come out? Like I was like listening to it. It's been in my head now for like the whole day. Um, plus it's got John Candy in it, so you can't go wrong. So now that I've covered that, I think, yeah, I think I've covered all I wanna cover. I'm pretty sure at least. So, let me rip this band-aid off and start going into my some of my favorite episodes of the series and uh, and why they're out of this world fantastic, right? So, um, But bear with me, though. Uh, I had seen the majority of this first season, now close to about three times. But, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast here, I am dog-tired. So, the details may get vague. They make it a little fuzzy. Um, but I am going to do my best. So, with that, here we go. Starting off this list is not surprisingly the very first listed episode for the show, Sonny's Edge. Uh, now, you might be thinking, Tyler, why did you include listed episode? We know how Netflix works. Well, my faithful listeners, it's because for this show, Netflix tried something new for it. Uh, the episodes play at random, actually, based on the type of programs you previously took interest in, among other factors, which I thought was kind of neat. I watched it on, like, a TV that had Netflix, um, like, as one of the apps, and I just played, like, um, per order, like, straightforward, but then I watched in my room on my PS4, and, and as fun as it was, it did kind of piss me off, because I only had, like, four episodes left to watch, and it kept, like, bringing me to different episodes, and I was like, not enough, but, like, I thought the concept was really, really cool, um, but, yeah, after that first playthrough, I, I did, I, I found it a little annoying, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you something, something different than the truth here, but, very cool concept i wish that because there is more anthology series like a black mirror or something did that that'd be kind of cool but anywho so yeah i did i found it a little annoying but it's just it's probably just because i'm an old man and uh the more you listen to this you'll realize how old of a soul i am just like ah why did they change this i liked it but uh anywho so sunny's edge uh this episode uh i have to admit at first i did kind of i kind of missed the point at the end um I loved the animation style, Um, made to look almost real. It's like that CGI where it's just like, it's very realistic, but it's also not. Uh, Like you'll find within this series, there's like animation that's supposed to be like, these are people. And you're like, these are, no, wait, no, they're not. But this one was like made to look realistic, but like it was cartoony a bit, like still realistic, but exaggerated features, Um, a little bit of an art style infused with it. I really enjoyed that. Uh, and it was super fluid, um, but everything more or less had some exaggerated features. Like I said, it just, it kind of reminds you like, yes, you're looking at animation, uh, which I'll touch on a bit more later. Um, Cause I mentioned like the other CGIs that are like very Uncanny Valley, which sometimes like it really makes me like my brain like short circuit. Um, but anywho, so this segment uh, follows a girl named Sunny, as you guys obviously know because you've watched this, and her team as they enter into an underground fight club um, where kind of like the movie Avatar, uh, the humans connect one for one with giant, spliced, like engineered, um, like super animal type creature things and they fight to the death essentially, like for people's amusement. Um, so the owner of the establishment tries to bribe Sonny to throw the match at the beginning. That's like the very first scene, but the teammates are all like up in his face being like, she'll never accept this. Cause she's like, she's doing it to get to back, at, doing it to get back at all the men who hurt her and like scarred her. And, and all like, you know, like all this stuff. Right. So, and I, I can't remember if they blatantly say like they like sexually hurt her or like physically hurt her or like both. But anyways, she's like on a mission to get like revenge. And, and basically, she says, like, that's her, like, quote, unquote, end quote, like, edge. That's her edge. Like, that's that's, like, you can't buy her because, like, she's getting revenge kind of thing. So here's the meat and potatoes of the episode that I loved. And I swear to God, this is your last spoiler warning. So here we go. The match begins and the monsters are straight up rad and, like, oh, so gorgeous. They look like, I don't know, like, like, silky smooth baby versions of something that crawled out of Pacific Rim. Like, right at the gate, the first thing I weirdly thought of was, like, when I'm watching this battle. So, you have, like, two pilots of the animals on one side, right? And then you have, like, these, like, huge creatures, like, climbing at each other and ripping off appendages and stuff like that. And I definitely, like, thought of seeing those, like, pilots immersed yet still kind of, like, conscious. So, like, they're supposed to be, like, 1v1 with, like, their animals. But, like, this still, like, the other pilots just, like, oh, I'll kill her. Like, uh, like all this, sh- like, stuff, right? Like, just yelling while he's still, like, controlling his beast. So, he's, like, in and out of consciousness. And, like, instantly, like, they're showing visible aggression and, like, emotion as the fight's progressing. And um, I, I kind of, like, I thought of, like, the scene where, like, the Battle of the Band showdown for, like, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Do you know what like I mean? Like, I know it's, like, deep cut out of left field, but, like, that's honestly where my head went because I think it's, like, the fact that, like, like I was saying, like, the two creatures are facing off and the pilots are, like, well, Sunny's not really, like... She, like, she looks very, like, still, like, very zen but the other pilots, like, screaming. And it's kind of like, you know, when, like, Scott's, like, playing and they're all, like, playing harder and stuff to, like, so, like, the giant monkey can, like, fight the dragons or whatever it is. I don't know. That's instantly kind of where my brain went. So, um, if you know the scene I'm referring to, I'm praying. <laughs> I'm praying I didn't, like, kill the cool factor or, like, ruin anything for you with that image. But, um, anyways, they could not have picked, like, a better episode to light the fuse for the series, um, including all three things in the title of the show in spades like there's there's love uh there's um death and there's robots like in spades like it's very very good um it's it's a it's it's got like this beautiful sense of atmosphere which i'm noticing is like incredibly important to me in regards to media like all the media i consume, like like when i listen back to these and i have to like edit them it's always i'm like the atmosphere was like really immersive or like it had a great scope of atmosphere or, like i'm always just saying atmosphere which is like Something I never, I would never say like that's important to me, but I bring it up a lot. So I guess, um, I guess it's important anyways. So as I said, the CGI animation is silky and smooth and you can tell like a lot of love went into this episode, the colors, the lighting, they're popping, they're very crisp. It's it's very engaging to watch. Um, and with this episode and a variety of those that kind of follow the best way to describe them is like, it's kind of like, it's like getting like a small But like an incredibly fancy dish at like a restaurant like you know like a urban restaurant or a french restaurant like the one where you're you're kind of like you know you're upset or you bitch a little that it's not enough food but the design and the presentation is like unreal and then like you you know you take a little you take a little try and your taste buds are like transported like to another dimension and then like although you're beyond satisfied you're wishing now that there was more not because you just want to fill your belly but because it was unreal like you you wish you could like have that experience again that's basically what this is like that's basically what these episodes are like i think that's probably the best way to describe it so sunny's creature getting to moving ahead here sunny's creature looks like she's gonna lose the match and out of nowhere like literally like he's the other thing's got like that knife for the hand right just like starts stabbing this thing to death and like Everyone's like, "Oh my god!" because it looked like Sunny had that clear and bandage. And then all of a sudden, the monster opens its eyes again, and like his like the it's almost like a, a knife, like like on or like knife head, uh, and like just gouges, like just slams right into this this other creature's like neck, and then yeah, just kills the creature. I warned you. That's that's the spoiler. So the crew is celebrating, and Sunny is lured away by the mistress of the club owner that tried to like you know bribe her at the beginning so sunny shows her the creature and uh in the healing slash storing tank probably it's probably both right sidebar here i know they have the tech to connect being to being but with all the damage like the creature like sustained in a fight even losing like <laughs> appendages being stabbed um like basically like on death's door it's cr- it was it's crazy to me like the first time i watched it it's crazy to me now and it's what I, it's what I was thinking that like the whole first part of that little scene I was like, damn, it's crazy that it will be healed for the next fight just by staying in a tank of unknown liquid. So anyways, here comes the twist. And honestly, I, I did. This is what I was talking about. I kind of missed this the first time. Like I, I got it. I understood the twist, but I didn't get like I didn't feel like the full weight of it. So Sunny gets offed by the mistress. I said offed, not off. <laughs> and now the owner walks in and basically says, like, she should have played ball with him. And then, boom, twist time. Sonny was just a robot shell connected to a spine. And he's like, What the, like, what, what are you? And Sonny was actually the creature who ran the robot. So, Sonny is that creature. The girl we thought was Sonny is nothing, is just a shell. So, she, this creature was the one who was hurt by all the men for sport she couldn't be bought because it was really for revenge against the pilots and the system and sunny's edge was that she was actually fighting and could actually die if she didn't win it wasn't just for fun it wasn't just sport like she had to win or she'd be killed so then she kills the two in the room like that and and it's just like boom you're just like oh my gosh so like they actually are like sentient creatures and like that was the edge i love that twist like you could see it coming i guess in a certain sense but i thought that was like of all the episodes that was probably the best twist ending of all the episodes um yeah uh i love the episode i've come back to it two more times after the first viewing the fight is great the story is tight it's definitely a top five episode um if you don't want to watch more after starting with this episode i mean if you do end up starting with this episode then maybe the show isn't for you uh i know i was hooked after watching it um yeah, it's, just, it's a solid episode, it, it's a, and it's yeah, just a great opener. The next episode, I think, is a cut above the rest, and it's called Good Hunting. Uh, this episode is, yeah, it's probably the best one. I mean, in terms of story, animation, rewatchability, and in the message, it's definitely one of the few I wish was its own film. Uh, animated by a Korean uh, studio called uh, Red Dog Culture House, it's done in like a traditional looking cell animation, and it is so fluid, so gorgeous. Like so many frames in here, it's like watching a dream, honestly. It's so fluid, everything is just like animated with an incredible detail. It's like an adult Studio Ghibli film. Uh, anyways, there's there's another classic kind of style animated segment in the show that I'll probably include, um, but but the smoothness in that one can't even be compared. Like. This episode, this segment is just gorgeous. Um, the short uh, is is it's um, the short is a historical uh, kind of like alt future steampunk look at Hong Kong uh, right before the turn of the British conquest and the industrialization. Uh, so the story focuses on on Liang and his father as they try to hunt like this shape shifting spirit. Who apparently entrances and possess um the governor's son, the governor's son, the emperor's son. And there's this fight chase scene, and it's so rad. It's like it starts off kind of like in the palace, but then it goes through like rooftops and through like the forest. And it feels like so steeped in like over the top, like kind of kung fu Hong Kong films with how graceful and surreal they move. Like less punching and kicking, more like like swift motions and like running up walls and floating through the air and that sort of stuff instantly like, crouching tiger vibes and also i totally dug the lore of the story like they have like uh these like um the spirits and like the magic of like uh, of, of like china and um basically like how like what you had to do like i think once like the, the spirit like starting is starting to change like he entrances like liang and then like or she entrances liang and then is about to like change back into a fox and just like head into the bush and the father's like quick like <laughs> splash this piss i'm pretty sure it's like piss all over it and i'll change it from like or stop it from going but he can't so in insurance so like the dad grabs the piss jar and like halfway through her transformation he just throws it and i'm sure like the furries just went like ape shit for that but he just like he pours it all over them and then uh she's like this like half woman fox really cool looking design actually um and then it's just like that sort of stuff i would i didn't know any of that lore i didn't even know like what those um i don't know what they are like gajins or magins like the whatever the fox spirit is i didn't know um so yeah it's it, uh i had no idea about oh that's what it is uh the huli jing hula jing Ju, something jing like they're fox spirits, anyways. Honestly, I love this so much. Uh, just from the opening, that I want it more uh, to happen, just because I'm I'm a selfish human being, right? Like I was like, I want more of this. But anyways, no other reason. It was done perfectly. Um, so as you all know, uh, Liang Liang finds and befriends um, a younger spirit named Yan, who is the daughter of the spirit that Liang's father abruptly beheads. That's the one they're chasing. Just like literally, just like. Uh, she's just like what are you doing and like looks around and the father's like and like the head just like comes off blood spills everywhere and you're like oh that 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 happened like i didn't think they were gonna go there but they showed it all anyways though even after that brief encounter where uh they remain very close but extremely platonic friends no sexual interest um lang moves away to the city and eventually yan follows suit as the magic is drained from the world with rapid modernization and she finds she can't transform to a fox to hunt any longer so like their first interaction before he tells her like they're leaving he's like he brings her some food and he's like how's the hunt he always asks like how was the hunt and she's like you know it's good but it's getting harder and harder with like trains and like modernization and i'm finding like i'm not able to transform as much and i was just like oh this is like really cool but where's this going kind of thing and then eventually he finds her in the city and she's like, yeah, like I legit can't transform anymore. Like there's no more magic. Um, so I don't even know where like to begin with this, the idea of magic being like a real thing that over time as a society we stripped up the world is something like I am so down for. Like I'm like, yes, I dig this so much. And I love the idea. And the fact that she has to go into the city just to survive, it's like, it's, it's something else. Um, Anyways, so jumping ahead, Yan uh, through a string of unfortunate but highly un- like highly avoidable events has her body like remade and replaced with cutting edge like steampunk-esque like robot parts. But it's still like her same figure. She's just now like she's like a robot. Um, so she she basically within like this I think it's like a 17-minute episode. So basically within like eight minutes, ten minutes, she's already lost two bodies technically at this point, right? She's lost her like original magic form and now she's lost her actual like human body all she has left is like her head um so it, it's pretty that's pretty traumatic i mean so anyways um Liang uh she basically makes a body a newer body so she already has a robot body he makes a new body for her where she can transform into basically like a robo fox and rip apart all the englishmen who did that to her and to help prevent other girls from suffering like a similar fate so like, talk about like a dish you want more of, right? Like, this is like the worst part about um, about the long segments. You know that some of these could easily, like easily be more, but the stories are like, they're over, they're done. Like they're done, right? That's it. Um, uh, after like five to 20 minutes, that's it. And you know, that's it. Like it's never gonna be touched on again. You're never gonna see another like, um, like addition to it. And that's definitely one that I would have killed to have had made into like a feature or a miniseries. Um, I know I've watched it like four times now, at least. I love it. Hands down, it's my personal favorite. The animation's great. The story's incredible. You feel for the characters. Everything about it was just like, you could tell they put like every ounce of detail into it, every ounce of like passion into it. It's my favorite one. Next on the list, I don't have like the biggest opinion on this episode. I really don't, which is like weird to include, but I loved it though. I thought it was great. I've only watched it twice, to be honest, but um, I don't know. Something about it was charming and very different. It stood out. Um, anyways, the short is called Suits. Um, suits, and if you if you remember, is um, the episode where um, there's like the farmer and his wife, and basically like while they're doing their farming, they have like uh, cows and crops, and uh, they have like these big like mech suits and they are like, oh, we have, like, warnings here of, like, interruptions and, like, blah, blah, blah. And he goes out to see the cattle. And then, like, there's, like, one of these, like, weird, like, insect-looking, um, like, alien things. Um, it's And they're called, like, DBs, I think. Or are they BDs? I can't remember. Um, anyway, so he goes there, and there's, like, a swarm coming. And so he's, like, he's shooting them. And he's, like, oh, my God. Like, he sees, like like, there's, like, it's almost like they have force fields and then there's like a little like rip a little tear or like an opening and that's like where they come through and they just like devastate their their livestock and cattle and he's like okay so he sees this and he's like all right i have to go up there and like start like wrecking these things like but there's no way i'll be able to like sound the horn like get in as many other farmers so there's like farmer they're like talking about how like they're all family and like we can always call on them like you know like good old boy like american thing like i mean Coming from a family of farmers, I know, like, farmers are like that for the most part, like, if you, like, something breaks down, like, most, more than likely, they'll, like, lend you something, a wagon, a tractor, like, to finish the job, or they'll, they'll come out and help you, whatever, I guess that's just what they do. It's a little more old school, doesn't happen as much now, but it's, it's still very much a thing. Anyways, though, he's like, yeah, so get on the horn, call, like, Marge, I don't know if that's her name, (laughs) and call, like, Jack or Jake or whatever. Um, and he's like get them out here and they're they all have like very different type mech suits you know it'd be like speaking of pacific rim again it's like having one that's like a heavy and it's like bulky and it only fires missiles and the one that's like more sleek and it's like it moves quicker but it only fires like little lasers or bullets and then like the main character main character mech is like the the you know the medium like it's a bit heavy but a bit fast and um, basically there's a massive rip and they're just gunning these things just giving it right and then like there's, there's some heart, you know, because the one guy who's like, I don't even know why I'm out here, man. He's just like, go oh, I got this. And he's just like, ah, and he like makes like the ultimately like the massive sacrifice, but the color okay, case. So let me just get into this a bit more with it. Just like revising the plot that for an episode you've probably already seen. It has like almost like this cell shaded quality to it, which I absolutely enjoyed. I didn't see it in any other episodes on the, on the series. Um, very colorful, um, very interesting, very unique. That's, like, uh and, like, I have another episode that I'm going to include on here that, like, while it's not technically my favorite, I didn't stop thinking about it, and, like, it was very unique, um, and I think that's a core thing that you need to talk about. Like, there's other episodes that I've watched more than, like, two or three times, but, like, I don't know. I just, I didn't think they fit the bill. Like, you watch them, they're great, but they're super forgettable, Um But this one, though, I love, like, the idea of, like, mech farmers and, like, fighting to, like, protect your cattle and all of that stuff. I mean, it might not be even totally original. I'm sure, like, there's something out there somewhere that has, like, a similar concept, but I don't don't know. I just, I dug it. I thought it was great. You've got, like, the the cigar-chomping, like, older, like, woman farmer. You've got, like, the skinny kind of yokel farmer, and then you've got, like, the like the the meat and potatoes like beefy like we'll get it done kind of like main farmer you know with the beard and he's like a lumberjack looking guy and um yeah they all have like laser defenses like it's like it's like a, a, a kind of like a fun mix of like like hardy old nationalism like farmers like good old boys wood picket fences and then like everything is like like everything is like lined with like state-of-the-art like motion tracking laser systems and artillery and they all have mechs and they're all like computer savvy and it's just a perfect world because if you know farmers not all of them are like that and uh, a lot of people who are computer savvy in tech think farmers think lowly of farmers i just loved it um and uh it's just it was cool i mean i totally dig the whole like mechs working together to fight like this common enemy and they're just being overrun just think of like like, Infinity War, Avengers, like, you know, when, like, Cap and Black Panther are just, like, running into, like, the horde of, like, Outriders, that's basically what it was like. It was just, like, having this massive horde just coming at you, and you're just, like, fighting, like, four or five things at once, and just, like, if you don't stay on top of it, being overrun. And it was cool, too, because it wasn't just, like, mechs, like, mechs that are, like, oh, um, like, are are like basically indestructible and like unlimited ammo. It was like no, like they were getting like wrecked scratch. Like one hit was just like, oh like my arms down or like this thing's jammed. And it's like I'm out of ammo. We need more ammo. Like and then finally like an ammo pack is like dropped and they're like covering for this guy. Like ammo's running out quick because these like mechs are like made for like small time pests, like maybe picking off one to like 10, not like picking off like three hundred at a time. Like so I just I don't know the attention to detail was great. I love the colors like everything was bright, everything popped. It was like watching a moving comic book. It was three D, um, but it was just like watching one like come to life. And the cell shading helped. The colors, like I said, um, I love the characters. They all felt like they all had very distinct personalities, and uh, there was weight, like, like <laughs> death. So this one definitely followed the love. It definitely followed the uh, the death, and it definitely followed the robots. And I loved at the end like everybody was still like together like all the families were together all the mechs were together and like they were all like cheer up like he was a good man we will never forget him all that sort of stuff and then it zooms out and you see like they're like terraformed colonies that's why like these things the things that they're like they're shooting it's not like (laughs) it makes you think like man these creatures are like they've come to like earth and like we got to constantly take care of them it's like no like they've terraformed this planet and they've made like little like um food colonies to like send to space and elsewhere and like back to earth maybe and the things coming through are literally like the things that were like on their planets. So it's just like, Oh, we're still the bad guys. People are still the bad guys. Like the reason like they're so close, these farmers is because literally there's like only like three little colonies that are like attached together with like maybe two families in each. And uh, yeah, all these creatures are literally, that's their area. That's their planet. And they're just coming in there, like doing their thing is, is, probably humans would too, if like aliens came and they just terraformed like Chicago and like New York and Detroit or whatever, right? I'm sure people would be constantly going in there like trying to like pick them off, trying to weaken them. But I don't know, I thought it was cool. It's not really, it's kind of like a twist. It's kind of like a, oh wow kind of thing, but I dug it. I thought that honestly would probably what topped it up just to like into this list. Um, Yeah, and I think including like love, death and robots is like the key thing here. First episode had it that I mentioned, second episode had it that I mentioned, this one has it. Um, and I think, let me just let me just give it a little poke here. Uh, no, well, not really, no. So like the next episode I'm gonna talk about doesn't have the love. Ooh. Doesn't have the love, unfortunately. And then the next episode after that, uh, I mean, it's a bit of a stretch, but I definitely, I think it probably like has love, death, and robots. But the last episode, I have two more I'm going to talk about. The last episode is just, it's just art. It's just beautiful, and that's why I'm going to include it. But first, let me not get ahead of myself here. Um, Oh, yeah. You know what? Let me just take a break here um, to just let you know. It's usually around, like, the halfway mark is when I'm like, yeah, and you know what? We're going to take a small break here, and um, I'm going to let Nancy uh, from Nancy Savio Poetry take it away. But I have some terrible news. Um... Nancy Savio is not on this podcast. I know it makes it sound like a, like she died, right? But like no, so like she wasn't on the last one because it was kind of an impromptu review. Um, she did two great episodes prior, uh, so listen to those: the foreign horror and the black and white horror. She did amazing, amazing, amazing work on those. Um, so she writes and records uh, herself. I we've kind of been not super professional because she's extremely busy. I'm extremely busy. Um, So I try to give her like a week notice or two weeks notice or I just tell her ahead of time like these are the ones I'm thinking about doing like if you could do something for those that'd be great Um, But she's been busy. She's been constantly. She's been great. She's been amazing. Uh, She's like Like I'd love to get something out. I feel terrible about it um, But I won't be able to do it this week and I won't be able to do it this week and I'm going on a trip and all this stuff and I'm like Nancy I get it like life happens um, but I know you guys like it. I have gotten positive uh, feedback from that. I should really be telling her this, um, but if she's listening, um, there's definitely, yeah, I get positive feedback. There's been at least three, four, five people that have been like, yeah, I really dug that. Like, she was great. Like, that was like, was really good at like, um, what is that called? Um, oh, I was gonna say like feature segment. It was like a really good like segment to add to the show. Um, and it's not me I really just reached out to Nancy and I was like hey like I love your stuff would you want to do this and she was like oh my god really and I was just like are you kidding me like you're the talent here I'm literally just a guy talking into a microphone um, but yeah she won't be on this episode unfortunately it's uh it's 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 a tragic loss on my end because I'm assuming that's why some people show up here and um, it's sad for you guys because I know you probably want a little um, little uh, palate cleanser just listening to me and my nasally monotone voice. Um, but she won't be on. Uh, hopefully she'll be on the next episode. I do have a couple more episodes that I have in the pipeline. I know I say that all the time, but literally I've like, I've got kind of like the script notes from the next episode and the other episode. I've had kind of finished script-wise and like even promo pictures done for a while, but it just keeps getting... Rolled over and rolled over, but I'm working on stuff, and then I've got another guest episode coming. Uh, So hopefully she'll have segments for those. Uh, She was like, I feel bad, and like maybe put on um, some of the the samples that I sent you, and like, well they're great. Um, I mean I might, I probably won't, just because like they are good, but literally they're like five seconds. It's like five seconds and ten seconds. So like to put her in for fifteen seconds is not really a big palate cleanser for you. I might toss those in um, for a smaller episode, but I already feel like this one's kind of gonna be a longer one, uh, so she won't be here. Um, And then um, while we're talking about this sort of stuff, I might as well uh, plug some of my sponsors here. So make sure you guys go check out, oh, and by the way, before I even do this, go give Nancy Savio Poetry a follow. I'll definitely include like the tags in the show notes and then the Instagram post, go give her a follow. She makes amazing stuff all the time on the regular, and it's constant input on her end. I mean, it's a lot easier for her. She writes a poem that's like a few lines. I'm sure it's like, I mean, creatively, it's probably not like she just like is just constantly like burning them out. But like, it's a lot easier for her to do that. And you can get a little taste of Nancy's poetry at all the time, not just when I finally get an episode out. And uh, and I think she'd really appreciate that if you gave her a follow. So uh, go follow uh, Nancy Savio Poetry. And then also now my sponsor, go check out Outra Apparel. The original sponsor of the show, you know them, you love them. They do amazing stuff. I feel so bad, like they've literally been supporting me from the start, basically, like pretty early on, like uh, probably like f- sixth or seventh episode in, sort of thing. They've been supporting me. We're at, this is going to be episode 19. They've been there almost near the beginning, right near the start. Uh, lots of faith in me. I love the people running it. Uh, their clothing is superb. Like I have talked about, I have a hat from them admittedly it doesn't fit my head too too well and it's not because the hats because i have a just a ginormous monster head and uh but it's it's a well-made cap i love the trailer truck kind of like snapback it's it's uh it's good it's great it's amazing um and the sweater i've talked about the sweater it's so comfy it looks great it's like the softest thing i've ever worn in my life and i wear it out in public it's not just for the odd occasional promo pick it's like it's definitely like uh, I think I own like six hoodies it's definitely like top one or two we'll just say for this episode top one but it is so so nice it's sleek it's fashionable but it feels like a, you know like a big comfy sweater ah, it's perfect and everything you buy 10% of it like 10% I like legit final sale 10% goes to mental health and research Canada and honestly what more could you ask for like Tell me right now somebody you know who doesn't suffer or hasn't suffered from some sort of mental illness. Like, it is a big deal. People nowadays are depressed all the time. People are suffering from other things that aren't just depression, you know? Like, literally, you have, like, people that have, like, schizophrenia. You have people that have, like, bipolar disorder. Like, people are suffering from things all the time. So why wouldn't you want to help them, right? You support them. Their company supports Mental Health Research Canada, and you look fresh to death. You look so goddamn good. Like, people are gonna be like, Oh my god, like, Outra sweater, what is that? It looks so good. And you're like, You don't know about Outra. And then you tell them about that. And then it makes my job so much easier because then I'm like, I'm looking good because I was on the bandwagon first, right? And then it says, Well, it's not about me, right? So it's about mental health, it's about looking good. Go check them out. I'll definitely include a link on the show notes, on the Instagram page. Go give them a follow, go check out their website. They usually have a pretty good promo. I think it's like five dollars off, ten dollars off with your purchase. And then that's that's it's it's more it's like savings in your pocket. You're saving money, you're spending money, you're helping people, you're keeping the gravy train moving and you're helping everybody, you're looking fly. I mean, what is there to complain about here? Go check out outra apparel. And then last but not least, I've been posting about this guy like crazy. He's an amazing author. He supported me, he gave me a book. I love the book. I bought another version of this book because I was like, I need this book. And that is Osgood as Gone by Cooper S. Beckett. It is an amazing kind of horror mystery novel. Um, I, well, I did a whole review on it. Go go listen to my review while you're at it. It is for Osgood as Gone. It's this like cosmic supernatural horror mystery with this like strong female protagonist who's like also a podcaster. So kind of cool. Um, and basically it's like through like, Old bands listening to like records backwards, like listening to old conspiracy, like pirate radio like recordings and like missing kids. Like there's so much like everything is like (laughs) like I I think it described on like my my uh episode is like everything about it makes you just feel like a mixture between like the Horned King from like the Black Cauldron and like literally like Charlie Day like (laughs) circling like strings to other strings. Like everything about it was like perfect. It was a super enjoyable read. I don't read. I never read. I own lots of books, but I don't read. That book, I could not put down. Um, the book is super affordable. It's on Amazon. I think it's 20 bucks or even better, go to like osgoodasgone.com and buy the book there. Just support Cooper S. Beckett right out the get-go. I'm sure he'll he'll like appreciate it and um, I, everything to just make... There's another book coming out, so you're definitely going to want this other book after you read this first book. Trust me, I'm like itching for it and I've never been itching for a book ever in my life. Um... But yeah, go, go check that out. Go give my episode a listen if you need a little uh, further, uh, further uh, acknowledgement as to how great this thing is. And then go give Cooper S. Beckett a follow on Instagram and then go give Spectral Inspector a follow on Instagram. I'll include links for all these amazing people on my Instagram page when I make this post and on my show notes. So go check them out. Now back to the show columbia pictures presents heavy metal a trip beyond the future to a universe you've never seen before a universe of mystery a universe of passionate fantasies a universe of terrifying evil a universe of magic heavy metal So the next one here, um, I think I've kind of decided I'm going to do five. So I think I'm going to do like a quick this one and then maybe like two honorable mentions. I'll keep them close. I'll keep them nice and tight. Don't you worry. Um, and then I'll do my last one and then I'll just, I'll wrap it up. So hang in there with me. Okay. So this next one here is called Helping Hand. Now, weirdly, this one wasn't like a true favorite of mine. Honestly, it wasn't. Um, but I decided to include this because it is a shorter one, which is kind of nice, because I think, yeah, I think the the la- the first three were all on the longer side. They're all in like 17 minutes, 18, 19, 20 minutes. Um, it's, it is a shorter one, and also too, because the vis- visual m- imagery was like so real, so palpable that it like, it le- honestly, it legitimately disturbed me, and I still think about it. Like even after, I only saw this once, I just saw it one time, about like a month ago, and it's It still disturbs me. Uh, So to me, essentially, this is the best way I figured out to describe this is like if gravity, you know, gravity, like 2013, Sandra Bullock, if that was like an R rating, because that's essentially this premise. And I love me some realistic space drama just as much as I love science fiction, like a lot. Uh, So anywho, this astronaut is up in space. She's like she's doing some measurements or making repairs to like the ISS or whatever it is but isn't that, no i think it's smaller maybe it's just a satellite so she has she has one thing she notices is like malfunctioning and then goes out of her ship to repair it and then just as she's finishing up a single tiny screw from space debris like i don't know from elsewhere it just comes like i don't know what broke but it just comes ripping around like just comes around the corner and just poof punctures her suit causes her to float off from her post like ah and then she's like losing oxygen fast because it's like an old suit it's not like where everything's like circled off it's like all one big balloon suit so she's just like losing oxygen and she's and she's away she's grabbing at stuff she's like that's it it's done right it's done um she's basically like well Okay, that's it, and she can't get a hold of anybody because, like, the electrical in the suit or whatever is going wrong, and it's just nobody's up there. Nobody's going to save her. She's in space. It's not like she's, like, in a lake somewhere, like, help, and someone's, like, kind of close. Like, she's away. Um, Okay, so what happens next is rough. It is. This is what I was talking about when I said disturbing. So if you're still listening, like, honest to God right now, if you're still listening, despite my numerous warnings, um... And if like you're queasy, uh, take this one slow. I'll talk slower. So she makes the tough call. Uh, So she takes off, takes off the arm piece and decides to tie off her arm, like tie it off, like seal it, tie it off, like has like a zip tie, basically suctions it off and to get back to safety. So she, She ties off her arm in the colds of space, colds, I don't think that's a word, but the colds of space, you know what I mean? She waits for it to freeze off, like legitimately freeze off, so then she can then throw it to gain momentum to get back to the safety, to get back to safety before her oxygen runs out. So I hope you understood what I just said. Now, if you've seen this episode, you know, like, you know, like I totally just grazed over that scene. So why it's so haunting is because it's filmed and presented, if I remember correctly anyways, in shots of like POV, like point of view, as well as in second person. You feel her pain. Let me repeat what I said. She ties off her arm so it can freeze off. You're literally watching her, like screaming, like Like, you know, like how cold your arm gets and like when you get frostbite, frostbite, like for my Canadian listeners, it's just like, oh, my God, like it's numb where it starts to feel warm. You're like, oh, this is nice. But then it starts to hurt again because your skin's like, help, right? Like screaming, like imagine like Pugs Bunny from Space Jam, just like, we need your help. That's basically like your arm, right? It's like, oh my God, like you're just feeling it. Like now imagine it, like crank to 11, like you're in space, like you're watching this arm, your arm freeze, but it's not over a course of time. It's like instantaneously just like freezing off. And then she's going to break it off like from the rest of her body still alive. So it definitely can still feel she's going to break off her arm and throw it into like the depths of space to get momentum. So to save her own life, she literally does 127 hours in like five seconds and just rips off her arm and throws it. Yeah, so you feel her pain. It happens in real time. You hear screaming. You get just, you you feel just how unbearable that must have been, that feeling. And yeah, I just, and that's not all that happens. There's more that happens, but I'm not gonna get into it. Like basically like how she gets back, she gets back, but I'm at, at what cost is like oh my god i don't know i don't know it's it's haunting it's haunting of all of the episodes none of them scared me this episode like has stuck with me i've watched it once and it's like oh my god so another thing too is like they made this look uncanny valley like as 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 anything like she looks so real the spaceship looks real nothing is exaggerated nothing like feels like crazy like unbelievable Um, It's created by Axis Studios, which is a studio from Glasgow. And they did just like an an absolutely bang up job with such like a small amount of time. Like this is, like I said, a shorter episode and like it packs just a wallop, like one hell of a punch. Like you're like, whoa, like it's almost like skin crawly. Like, I don't want to watch this, but like I can't turn away kind of a feeling. Um, So yeah, if you want one that's gonna leave an impression, this is definitely gonna be the one you don't forget. as for love, I mean, I'm sure she loved her arm. So if we want to stretch that to, to fit the needs, there's definitely um, death of her arm. Her arm died. And uh, robots, uh, I mean, if you want to include the satellite or spaceship that she's working on, then it's kind of a robot. Uh, other than that, it's really just strict sci-fi, and it doesn't tie into anything, but it, it was so visually um, demanding, I guess. And uh, it was... Uh, I felt like I would be doing it an injustice if I didn't include it. So now, before I get into my final one here, I thought I would just do some quick honorable mentions. Um, Just quick, honestly, they're gonna be quick. Um, So the first one is Beyond the Aquila Rift. Aquila, Aquila, A-Q-U-I-L-A, I don't know honestly any one of these next picks like I have the two here they could have they could have been in my like weird half halfcock top five entries like there's no real rhyme or reason for some of them to be in there but um, in fact I wanted to include a few more episodes like I, my list was long and, and as I do with most episodes I'm like I'm gonna include this and 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 then I'm like I'm reading through it and I'm like holy hell I'm at like an hour 40 and I still have a halfway to go and then I just like rushed through them so I thought you know what I'll trim some of the fat like I had episodes like Secret War which is awesome it's like a a Soviet Russia mission where they're hunting like weird mutant zombies and I had Shapeshifters which which was about um well it is about they're all both real still is about like um werewolf soldiers who were fighting with like the American army to like uh, help in the Iraq war and I was like these are perfect um and while like those are like they might be rewatchable for me um I didn't feel like they were like the best of the best um But um, I did love Beyond the Aquila Rift for two reasons. And like I said, it could have definitely been in the top five, I know it is for a lot of people. Um, Just kind of bobbing through some lists here. Um, The animation was probably the most uncanny valley of any in the show. Like, honestly, it was a showstopper. Like if you, I I mean, you see all these spaceships and the attention to detail for all the computers, all the settings surrounding them, and you just see how, how the characters looked like I said, Uncanny Valley, but like honestly, honestly, like if you didn't know it was animated, this one more than um was it like I think it's called Lucky Thirteen. That one, was, just looks like a Final Fantasy, um, video. You know what I mean? Like it looks real, but also not. Like you, you know, it's not real. But this one, though, if you if you didn't know it was animated, you definitely think it was like live action at certain points. Like honest to god, like the guy looks so real, the girl looks so real. I mean, except for like how except for like how like how amazingly like perfect her body is kind of thing and like how some of their like lips move, I guess also is like a, a weird one. I, th- I always feel like it's the eyes and the lips. but you you would you would think you would think like this is this is, has to be this has to be real, but it, it's not. it's certainly not and like I mean just watching it start to finish, you know it's not. but at certain points you're like, oh my God, is this real? Anyways, so the second reason was it's it's the kind of horror and story setup that you'd see and kind of expect in a very high-budget, like, Twilight Zone episode. Um, it, it, granted, it was predictable. Like, honestly, it was. Like, you don't know every little thing that's about to happen, but you know, like, you know what's going to happen. The twist was still solid, though, and at the end of it, it's definitely haunting when you really think about it, right? Like, the whole message, like, ignorance is bliss... Like they ignored like, oh, there's kind of like an error at the beginning, and then they like still went ahead anyways. And then when he finds out what the truth is, he still ignores it anyways, right? That's basically the message: ignorance is bliss. Like I would, I would have definitely made the same choices. The main guy here, like, sure your crew is dead, but your options are: uh, have your remaining days frail and weak with a terrifying spider lady in the outreaches of space, or have a healthy and uh sex-filled love life with a hot blonde babe from your past that you never you know you never quite got over uh it sounds exactly like bliss right so uh, to my girlfriend though i love you so much and um i'm insinuating nothing uh you're beautiful and brilliant and powerful and funny and generous the queen goddess my inspiration Uh, and um and the next one would be um it's called sucker of souls um this was in my top five at one point um, but ultimately uh has become an honorable mention uh sucker of souls is that other traditionally uh animated episode i was talking about while discussing good hunting it's done by a french animation studio and it has like this like rough um very um stencily pencil sketch quality kind of feel to it which i love i I really appreciate that it's almost like it sounds like a detractor but it, it feels like a very like well-made flash animation in a a lot of sense but it is traditionally done evidently um yeah i love that uh the story as you probably know if you've seen it it depicts archaeologists and like this like small group of mercenaries as like they're kind of like their security team and they're looking for evidence of dracula and sure enough that's exactly who they unearth two things I love about this episode, I love, like, the Dracula, like, he's, like, a real creature, but he's not quite a man, he's, like, he starts out of his man, and then the more he feeds, the more, like, beast-like he gets, and, like, they follow, like, a, a some a, like a lore, it's not, like, tr- super traditional, but I have heard of it, where it's just, like, there's a bunch of cats wandering around, because it's, like, an abandoned, like, castle, and, like, he hates cats, so, like, all the villagers, the doctor says, like, they just put a bunch of cats in, like, the castle, they like, keep them at bay, cause, like, if he feeds it uh, off of them, like, it, it, it like, hurts him, like, badly. And like that's what they use. It's like they're like basically they're their crucifix like no blades are hurting him. Bullets like just rip through him and he's fine. Um but he does die eventually. Um the bunch of like C4 just like absolutely like obliterates him and he just can't recover from it, which I do love. I hate that in like vampire movies or like even werewolf movies where it's like they, they just absolutely rip him apart, like obliterate him like a bomb like almost like on a molecular level destroys him and it's just like and then he like starts growing back together it's just like no like that doesn't work like in the olden days like you couldn't do that but now it's like there's literally nothing left like you can't just come back but anyways that was really cool and um i love to like it le- it left on such a cliffhanger like they're running they're firing the detractor the reason why i didn't keep it in there like some of the dialogue is like very like male centric um which is like it's not usually like a big deal for me but it was just like it was a bunch of like fuck this and we're gonna fuck her and like pussy jokes like one too many pussy jokes and i was like okay we get it it's a very small segment like you've used like four or five pussy jokes like referring to cats and like it's not the first one was funny like you're not the first time like a, can't even remember what it was but it's like it's not the first time like a little good pussy like like ruined a guy's life or something like that i was like oh that's funny but then they use like four more like jokes i was like all right just beating this horse to death and um Yeah, I mean, it was cool. The animation really lends itself well to like the Dracula thing. And then they like stumble into this like temple and there's like a thousand other like Draculas in there. And you're like, oh my God. And then it ends and I was like, oh man, I totally want it more. And I think that's the whole like the mixture of like jokes and the fact that it was like, I want it more. It was like the the two big detractors. That's why it's an honorable mention, but I love the animation. I love the story. I want it so much more. And I dug the lore of it so i think that's it i think like that's why i would put like sucker of souls and it like kind of like rooted it in real life kind of like uh, they were speaking romanian if i'm correct which is like technically where like transylvania would be now um it was great i thought it was great but um yeah so those are my uh, those are my honorable mentions and then our our i don't know what that is but our final one is uh, the episode zima blue so right from the get-go the most noticeable thing about zima blue is the art style like let me just before i even touch about the plot or what i didn't like about the plot sorry about this like the sound like this chair i gotta get a different chair like if i just move my leg a little bit like this and also like and it's just like oh my god enough anyways so the art style the art style to me was the main drawing point The, the simple the simple straightforward like very kind of um wow story was also like a huge reason to include this and also like this isn't like my number one this isn't like my favorite episode we already talked about my absolutely favorite episode but this definitely it in some sort of a weird way would be on a top of a list if it was up to me but this isn't of any order just top five that's how it is in a top five it's not like listed. Uh, come on figure it out tyler here we go so The art style to me was like very much, I don't know if you guys remember the Disney episode I talked about, but there's a a segment in there for Fantasia 2000. Well, it was supposed to be for Fantasia 2000. It was like this finished uh, episode um, that was like started in like the 40s or 50s or whatever, and then didn't get finished until like 2006. And it was like a a, basically a collaboration between Salvador Dali and or Dali or um, and Walt Disney. And it was called uh, Destino. And they like they had the song for it, they had all the art pieced out, they even had like some rough um animations of it, and then it just got put in a file, and they're like, We'll finish this later. We're both very busy, and then they died, and then it, did, it didn't get finished, but that kind of sort of animation mixed with like um Aeon Flux and a little bit of um and even kind of a bit of Tron uprising, that same kind of like very elongated like form and um very like square-ish like shapes like rectangular and also too i don't know if you guys know this person because i've never brought him up on the show but there's an artist named shag um and he does like a lot of like very like 50s 60s style like pop art um and it's very very um well done and i don't own any pieces but i'm very familiar um just through listening to the podcast monster party um And that's where I kind of got my first taste of that, but the art is so different. It is so unlike anything on this show. It is so unlike anything really that you've seen before. Um, And it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's just something else. And the colors are popping. Like I've said it before, like the colors were great, but this is like the best use of color in the entire show, hands down. It's just everything pops. Um, So Zima blue is actually like the color that like this artist, Is like known for and eventually like he takes on the name he becomes zima blue um so like this journalist claire is invited to speak to this uh, artist he's like super reclusive um and he's he's just like i don't know he keeps doing like these art pieces are like bigger and bigger and like more like wow factor and just like constantly puts more effort into them and it's just constantly like he bought a planet or something what did he do I can't remember what he did, but he basically was just like, so this is big and this is big. Then he's like covering like buildings and he's like covering like whole like continents. And he's like, I got a whole planet, you know, like just constantly with like these art pieces, but he's kind of like obsessed with like one-upping. Oh, that's what he did. So he like did um, celestial bodies, asteroids, I'm cheating here, I'm on Wikipedia. Uh, And even like nebulas, um, he's like making his art pieces on this stuff and using these things. But he's kind of like obsessed with himself and he's kind of obsessed with like the idea of perfection. At least that's a clear um says she's kind of like our narrator for the story, and like he's constantly like getting cybernetic attachments and enhancements, and like replacing this and replacing that, or like adding to this, to the point where I don't think he's actually like a man anymore. You know, like in good hunting, like her head is still there, but the rest of her body is machine. I think even in this, like everything is like machine. Um, and he's like an enhanced man. But the truth is. <gasps> The, like, the the twist, as you find out, once he, like... He showcases this, like, final piece. This is, like, his last piece. Everybody, like, comes from everywhere. And they're like, oh, my God. Like, and it's this massive swimming pool. And he's like, this is going to be my last piece. And he, like, dives in. Dives into this pool. And then, literally, all all of his, like, body parts are, like... Like, coming off, falling off. Just nothing. And he is like literally a pool cleaner like scrubbing like the side of the pool and so it's like you see like he wasn't ever a man he was always an advanced android Uh, so he's originally built by a young black woman many years ago Uh, and he's invented simply like there's she's just like an inventor like she's trying to make this trying to make that and nothing's really working but she makes one thing that works really really well it says one simple concept is just cleaning a pool that's it that's all it's designed to do He's like a simple machine. He's designed to clean ceramic pool tiles, which aren't, as you'll see at the very end of the episode, which you guys have seen by this point. I don't care anymore, right? If you've seen it or not, we're at the very last episode that I'm talking about. And the tiles are called Zima Blue tiles. And like he, this is like the 1950s and like we're in the distant future now. Like that's how long he's been like building up and building up. Um, And so his AI was only to do the tiles. Um, And then. So Zima blue tiles were the first thing he ever saw. So like his big blue squares that like he was known for that he kept one-upping, that, that's, all, that's all it's based off of. And so eventually he's like upgraded, he's modified. He's like a test bed for hardware, software. And like he gets switched off to different owners and different this and different that. And they add this, they add this to the point where he becomes like a man basically. Um, and, but like he really just started as that machine Um, And then basically he just goes back to his simplicity. That's like the art piece, right? Like he gets rid of everything that he has, all of his attachments, all of his life, his dreams, everything, and he just goes back to what he knew. Simplicity, that's what everybody wants, right? Like when you're a kid, you just wanna be an adult. You wanna have like all of the freedoms that come with being an adult. You don't realize all the pressures that come with being an adult. Then you throw in if you're famous, you throw in if like you're well-respected, well-regarded paparazzi always wanting more taxes money everything right he literally just strips that away and goes back to what his original process was which was cleaning the pool just cleaning the pool making sure all the tiles are clean that was like his his thing and uh so yeah he he it's like he's like he's like dissatisfied Right. He like he he's so reclusive because like he can't one up it and everybody wants more and more and more because like he did bigger and bigger and bigger every time. Right. And so he's like he's like, he's just like, he finds no like meaning in his art. And so he, he invites this reporter to basically be like, here's my truth. And it's just oh, my God, like I watched it. And when I was watching, it, I was like, what is this? Right. And then when the ending came, I was, it was just like it's like when Doctor Strange gets like. Push through like the dimension, you know. And he's just like, ah, that's what it was like to me. I was just like, whoa! Like the meanings of this was like, it's so simple. I know I sound like a, a high school girl in like a philosophy class, but it's like it's so much deeper than you think it is, right? Oh my god! But like you, it is. It's so much deeper because like, its core concepts goes so much beyond like what the like the message here is so much deeper than you like you ever think. Like I don't know. There's just like this like a complete for a podcast it's awful but there's like this complete lack of like conceptualization on my part because it, i feel like it's so much deeper than it actually is and I, to me it is like the perfect episode um it's, it's like, and like there's like rebirth and like like longing for something and like longing to go back like everybody has like these things and like yeah, so he tells the story to this girl, and that's his final piece. Like he he immerses himself back into like the pool. So like, oh, that's the thing in the story. While he's doing all this art, he literally like scavages, builds, gets like these things like reconstructed. Like it's all the original pool. It's that same pool from like that nineteen fifties house that that woman had, and he has it completely rebuilt, top to bottom rebuilt, and yeah that's like it's almost like his final resting place like that's what he wanted that's where he originated from he strips away all of his modifications he's back to his original state and he reaches what he feels is like his true happiness like he's home he's where he started and that's where he ends and it's like it's beautiful and i thought it would be the best the best one for the number one it's not a long one i think it's 10 minutes 11 minutes maybe and um yeah it was just great it was just great like nothing about it was scary it was just like pure fantastical like science fiction and like it's like it goes from the brightest of brights to like almost like silhouette of the characters and the art style was unreal the colors were great the story was fantastic the idea the principles i just i don't know i loved it i fell in love with it i thought it was great wasn't my favorite episode No. no it wasn't it wasn't my favorite episode but i did i think this was like peak for the show absolutely this was I felt like these top five, while not all of them were, like, my favorite, favorite episodes, like, the majority were, like, maybe one or two weren't, um, they were just, like, a peak essential viewing, I thought, for this show of what was great. Um, The only other one that I was kind of debating putting on here was Alternate Histories, which is, like, really kind of absurd in some aspects, but I thought it was a really fun episode. I just didn't feel like talking about it, but definitely check that one out, too. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's tons, tons and tons of great episodes, um, like tons of them. There's 18 episodes, and like I said, there's only like maybe like one like bad episode and like two or three duds, and I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinions, so you might think they're all great, or you might find more, or you might think, think the ones I didn't like were actually good ones, and the ones that I just recommended, you might think were poop, you know, but check out this show. Like, it's perfect, I thought too, and now it sounds like very slobby. But I thought they're like perfect things to like throw on if you're eating. I don't know if you're like me, but like if I'm eating like a quick sandwich or like microwave pizza or something like that, like quick on the go, like I have somewhere to be or something to do and I'm just eating quick. I like to take my mind off of work once in a while or like personal life. Um, you want to throw something on. But if you throw in a movie, that's an hour and a half. The next thing you know, you're like, oh, my God, I've wasted an hour and a half. Or you throw in an episode, and it's like 30 minutes, and you're like, this is too long. You finished eating your food in like 10 minutes, 13 minutes, and now you still have another like 20 episodes left to watch this, 20 minutes to watch this episode, and it's like, it's too much. So like these episodes, I thought were like perfect. You get like just the right amount of zip or the right amount of zing, and like you're between five and 20 minutes. And I mean, the majority of them are like 12 to 15 minutes. Like it's it's perfect. It's great. Um, there's actually, you know what? Never mind. There's lots that are like eight and 10 minutes. I'm kind of cheating now here. I'm looking back again. Um, yeah. Um, real quick before I get off here. Um, I have some unsponsored sponsors. Bear with me a sec. So my first unsponsored sponsors, which I thought, you know, I'm going to try and segue this in here. So here we go. Speaking of all like the different places and countries that, um, that you, uh, speaking of all the different places and countries that all these animations came from and all the studios that were working on these things, I thought it would be great to let you guys know um, one of the apps that I used a lot on my trip to Cuba, um, the trip was not um, the best. I mean, the girlfriend and I made the best of it, but the trip itself was kind of poop. Um, So because there wasn't a lot of internet and there wasn't a lot of things to do, Um, I spent a ton of time, more time than I'd like to admit and more time than my girlfriend was pleased that I was doing on an app. And this app was called Mark O travel. It's like Mark the name and it's like, O apostrophe travel. Um, and this app is like unreal. Um, it's technically a free app. Um, and then if you want like, so like the app, let me just say what the app is. So the app has the world map and it's got every single country and it has different variations too. So you have like UN-recognized countries, you have like UN-recognized countries and all of their like continents and territories and you have like um, like different type of maps. The one I have is like every single place. So it has like Puerto Rico is its own place. Um, all the Virgin Islands are its own place, even though like they're territories and, and like there's like separate continents. It has like Antarctica isn't just Antarctica. It has like all the different territories of Antarctica it's just separated. You pick where you've been, and I love it too. So it's like for Canada, I've ch- chosen the topic for Canada. They all go into different like um categories and subcategories. Like it's it's like lived in. So like Canada's green. Green's the color I picked. You can choose all the colors for this thing. And then like when I click Canada, then it shows me all the provinces. And then I'd be like, well, I visited uh, Alberta and BC and Ontario and Quebec, and so now they're different colors. But then like. Uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and, like, Newfoundland, I, like, let's say I want to visit those places, so now they're, like, purple, and then I have, like, none of it, Northwest Territories and, like, Nova Scotia or something, and it's just, like, um, maybe the is like, maybe, but probably not anytime soon, now they're yellow, so, like, it shows you all those places, so then you can, like, map out all the places you want to go, like, wish to visit, we'll probably never visit, uh, I've driven through, that's a cool category, or, like, flown through, that's a cool category, um, or never, or, like, um, probably never. You can choose all of these different categories. And like like I said, it is free technically, but if you want detailed maps, I think, let's just say for argument's sake, like the full, full version that I have with all of the countries um, is like 328 countries. So of those 328 countries, let's just say 150 of them have detailed maps where like all the provinces or states are shown. Um, each one is like for Canada and America it's like a $1.99 and it's like for like Germany it's $1.99 for Brazil $1.99 like it's ridiculous it's too much money it's insane that they would even do that to you but I think it's like for five ninety nine, you get every single country like all the detailed maps and you get all the further updates too I've had it where it's just like we've added Cuba we've added like uh Guatemala and, and Nicaragua and we've added um uh, Holland, like a Holland map and we've added like a Madagascar map like they're ad- adding maps all the time And that's a one-time fee. I paid $5.99. I'm not paying a $1.99 for every country I think that's also why they do it. Like just pay the $5.99 you stupid like get all of these duh I can't recommend it enough if you have the travel bug or you've been to a lot of places It's like the perfect way to keep tabs on everything like I hate, Ridiculously like I started I had like a hundred countries like kind of like tagged of like places i've been where i where i've lived where i want to go uh, where i'll never go and i think now i have 90% of them done like 200 210 and i have like or 250 or 60 and there's like 300 countries left or in total so i only have that many left and two for the countries you can't see the little islands it gives you a list of them I, it's just perfect this is a perfect app Um, I never really talk about travel. I've never talked about any of the trips I've really been on. Um, but this, I thought was a perfect app. Um, so they're definitely never going to sponsor me, but check out the app at least. Um, this company person, I don't know who makes the app. They do like a couple other things, like stuff to like not forget before your trip. I just saw that one the other day. I was like, oh, maybe I'll pick that up, like download it. Um, and then they have another one that's for cities, but that one, stay away from that. You can write it in your notes, the cities you went to, but like, it actually has the provinces and, um. Yeah, it's great. I have it marked for, like, all of my Europe trip that I went to, like, South Korea. I have, like, all of, like, the, like North America and Central America, of all those places I've been to. I have traveled quite a bit. I'm not, like, super traveled and cultured, but more than the uh, average person, I've lucked out pretty well that way. And then uh, I have two podcasts to recommend. So if you love um, my theme park episodes, I think I have two of them. You're gonna love podcast The Ride. Definitely check them out. They are much more experienced, and unlike this podcast, where I'm like, I talk about this, 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 they literally talk about uh, theme parks, amusement parks. That's it, and it's refreshing every single time. I never like started. I was never like this like amazing like theme park enthusiast like aficionado, but I've like slowly grown into one weirdly because like there's so much like history, background, lore, tech. There's so much going to theme parks all the time. You wouldn't even imagine. And they have, they're not at, they're not like a super research. They're all like really funny guys, but they know their stuff. And it's like super fun, refreshing, listening to them. It's like an hour. It's like the run of the mill kind of podcast time. You're not going to be listening to them talk for like hours on end. And it's not like a a 20 minute podcast, which honestly, I kind of don't like those anymore. It's just like, oh my God, like, and I have to wait another like three weeks for you to do like another 20 minute episode. So they're perfect. But on the long factor, this next podcast I'm going to recommend, Monster Kid Radio, is very much on the long side. Um, Derek, the host, his voice, I don't know what it is. It's not soothing. It's not, like, amazing. But something about it, like, is gripping. And I, you can't stop listening to him. He just sounds like the fun guy you're having at a party. And he, he knows all of his stuff. And he's, like, he's very down to earth. And I, you agree with a lot of his opinions. And he has so much surf rock. I don't know how he gets his hands on so much of it. But, like, in between all of his shows... He's got surf rock playing, he's got classic monster movie trailers playing. I do that once in a while, I'll play like a trailer or something, but he's got them going all the time and he's got great guests. He talks about all old stuff, but like not like old, old stuff, you know, like not 1910, but it's like classic monster films you didn't know about, classic like uh, horror films, Atomic Monsters was one I just listened to. If that sort of stuff is, like, up your alley, he, this guy's good. Like, he's won a couple Rondo Awards, if you know what that is, as much weight as that holds. Um, and he he's great. So, yeah, check out um, Marco Travel, the app. Go check out Podcast The Ride. And go check out um, Monster Kid Radio. And, um, and if you're listening to this, uh, go check out Heavy Metal, the movie, because that movie's amazing. Um, and then make sure you go check out all my real sponsors. And... Um, yeah make sure you guys give me a follow uh follow me on instagram at acfo podcast follow me on twitter twitter is so dead like i do not know how to gain followers on that on that uh on that social media like i got like i i bounce between 18 and 20 followers but then when i got instagram it's fire everybody's on instagram so i don't know how much more i'm going to post on twitter but i feel like i need to have it um you can go ahead and follow me on facebook at a conversation for one podcast uh you have any questions or concerns um message me at acfopodcast at gmail.com and what else? Oh, I'm working on a Patreon. I don't really know if I'm going to do that, um, I'm, but I'm trying to get it set up. I'm not going to like make you guys give me money because like I barely get regular content out, so I feel like I'd be like if I owed you guys stuff, I'd be really stressing out, but I think I'm going to do that, maybe get something fun on there. I feel like everybody's got a Patreon, so I just want to kind of lock it down before someone takes the name. I think that's more of the big thing there. And um yeah this episode was produced as always by the very wonderful very um understanding and caring uh, Victoria Chubb and it was also produced by me uh your uh, lovable and monotone host uh Tyler Horlings um got a lot of things uh on the on the uh Gonna say chopping block. That's not right. But we got a lot of things in the on the docket. Next episode is gonna be Game of Thrones themed, and very exciting. And um, after that, we're gonna have a King Kong episode. And then after that, we're gonna have a guest episode. We've got a couple guest episodes probably in the works. Um, but we're gonna have a guest episode. It's either gonna be on Canadian cartoons, or who knows? It might be a spoiler cast. Still haven't even talked about the spoiler cast thing. Um, but the Canadian cartoons thing is in the works. So I know those aren't the most exciting things, but goddamn, I'm going to try and make them exciting. Uh, so un- until then, uh, Tyler out. And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.